Welcome to Oregon Rooted. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. You're listening to The Dirt Show. Where we bring you Oregon's cannabis culture. Welcome to episode 18 of The Dirt Show. I'm Higher Peaks. And this is Lady Sativa. All right. How you doing? Doing all right. How about you? Trying to hang in there. I know it's been a rough day for you. Mm-hmm. So we will keep it moving along. Let's talk about what's been growing on now. We are officially harvesting. Yeah. Kind of slowly. But slowly. They're... So the Blue Dream is coming down. I noticed... Um, we had to get the plants through the rain that we, because we covered them, like we t- said last time, underneath the thing that we bought, the car cover. Mm-hmm. God, is that, it's not the right word, but. It's like a carport. Carport thing, yeah. Yeah. Which works really well. It makes, tem- it's it's like a temporary. Yeah. Yeah, but I can't wait to next year after talking to Casey about mm-hmm. uh, how to work those for a greenhouse, all the little details it gave us. So that'll be cool. <clears throat> um, I should design it. Yeah, I know. And ideas. Hmm. Maybe try to improve on his awesome ideas. Mm-hmm. Somehow, I don't know if we can, but you know, hey. Or play on his awesome ideas. Yeah, yeah. But he's his was set up nice. So, uh, but we're harvesting the blue dream after getting through the rain. I noticed that uh, the uh, the GSC? amber. Well, they were getting. I was getting too much amber at the tips of those buds on the blue dream. So I was like, ah. And that's a sativa dominant. You can see it in the leaves. Because they're so thin. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to start pulling that right away. Now, the other two, the LSD and the um, Master Kush, are about the same. They're fattening up every day, though. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to hold out on those until I see some amber. Right. Uh, which I don't. I only see clear and maybe some some cloudy trichomes, but no, no amber yet. So I'm going to see if they'll fatten up a little bit more. And then, of course, the GSC, <clears throat> you've seen it. Yep. It's real slow for some reason, even though it looks like it's an indica-dominant GSC. She's taking her time. Yeah. Uh, that's, I don't know. I've, she looked before, the beginning of the season, that like she would be a very early quick, bloomer. early. But she is just hanging out there. So she might be the last one we pull. Yep. But we're hanging the blue dream. It smells good. We did have some broken branches. I don't remember if we had mentioned that, but we have some broken branches that came down in the rain before we got it covered, that was some of the LSD, I believe. <laughs> that's we'll, hanging we'll too. We'll see after it's dry. That's hanging too. They're drying really nice. So that's kind of what's been going on. I did give one last flush of some Herculean Harvest by Nectar of the Gods, which incidentally they did fatten up right after that. So, you know. Nice. Who knows? Hopefully that was when I added that. But. So, uh, we did go to Shadowbox this week. Oh, that uh, was Shadowbox awesome. Farms. Yep. That was quite the place. That was pretty amazing. Um, we went out on a tour mm-hmm. and met Donnie there. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
which is the, I guess, the founder, CEO, whatnot. And we looked at a tier two part or tier two farm that had two sections. One was a outdoor grow that they had already harvested. Yep. And the other one was a uh, all greenhouses. There are 14 greenhouses. 14 of them, two rows, 14. Huge greenhouses, not like these dainty little things you find in our backyard. Yeah, and we do post these on our social media. So, you know, if you go to our Facebook, which is just slash Oregon Rooted, or our Instagram, at Oregon Rooted, uh, or, I mean, you know, Twitter, too, gets on there as well. But our YouTube, you know, we've been posting now to YouTube, actually... Uh, two things. One, I got a couple videos up of Mongo Ranch. So mm-hmm. if the listeners are into YouTube, you can go to Oregon Rooted on YouTube, our channel, which we just definitely started jumping on again um, and had the two videos that I put up. They're really cool uh, of Mongo Ranch. Yep. And I'm going to put more up of Shadow Box that we just went to once I get them edited. But you really jumped on that for us and you are, you know, kind of uh, uh, uploading Mad Woman. Um, so for our the, the few scri- <laughs> the few subscribers that we do have are probably getting blown up. I'm sure that they are, but let me I hope tell not, you it. I hope they're not turning off their alert. But Right. Well, I had to get all of them. <laughs> if behind. you listen to our podcast and then look at our YouTube, you'll see why I have to get them on there. Yeah, I just, I just self-taught myself yeah. how to do this. And we're definitely behind. So, And I make... As I make the videos, I am downloading the one that I had just got done making onto YouTube. So it's as I make, I go. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I got grounded tonight. I got the computer taken from me and got in trouble for making another one. Well, we got to get on this podcast. I was trying to finish. I know. I got more. I know. Well, I mean, shoot, we can, you, you know. You're just a, adding more to it, like making my list a little longer. It is a little <laughs> <laughs> You're funny. It is getting longer, though. It is. Uh, so so uh, I was really impressed. And again, so check out all this stuff on our our, um, our social media, including YouTube now, because mm-hmm. I'm going to post other videos there. And we will have an interview coming with him. Yeah, so we're going to have... Probably a, this next week. Next we're week, gonna we're going to have the interview and get that out. On the tour, we saw the 14 greenhouses, and they were all pretty much full. Um and completely, completely full. Yeah, so we are going to definitely meet Donnie uh, next week for the interview. Well, not definitely, but that's what we're looking for is to meet him next week for the interview. And the big deal was we would have done it out there, but he wanted us to come out and meet with him. And, you know, he wanted me to see, <clears throat> you know, what our intentions are. Mm-hmm. He wants to come across as a professional in the industry, uh, in cannabis. He's been doing it for a long, long time. And he, he does have a really nice farm. And he wants to, you know, make sure that, you know, he's presented in the right way. Yeah. So we met him and took the tour. And it was a good tour. We got to see those 14 greenhouses. They were stacked to the hilt. Um, you'll be able to see those pictures, like I said, on social yeah. media. But, yeah, I mean, what do you think? They were pretty stacked, weren't they? Oh, they were. They were. It was amazing seeing all the different strains that he did have. And um, the, uh, the, the candy land? The colors. Just the, the colors. We'll get there next. Yeah, the colors. We yeah. first went into a room it's, that just had. amazing. You know, it looked like hundreds of phenotypes. I oh. mean, purples and greens and just a rainbow of That's, colors. That one was my favorite, the one that was the purple bud and the light green leaves. It was gorgeous. Yeah, I got the, I got a video in there, and it looks like a jungle. I'm just going through everything, trying to find my way out. It was, it was, 
It was beautiful in there. And that was the room that had the big old tall purple plants. Yeah. But they have it nailed, you know? I mean, one thing that he pointed out that I liked was that a lot of his plants weren't these... I mean, some of them were pretty big, pretty tall. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them were medium, and, you know, they were very quality, nice size. Yeah, so you could look at them, like, eye level, almost. And that's what he said that he likes to try and do, is to have them so you can look down on them or look at them eye level and not have to strain your neck to look up at them. Well... Uh, it, and you know, it's, he said it was a higher quality, bud is what he felt. And you know, there's probably some truth to that. I've seen a lot of troubles with big, large, huge colas. I mean, they look nice, mm-hmm. especially on camera, but you can't really sell those big colas in, you know, dispensary if that's your intention mm-hmm. as a, as a farm. And so, you know, they do want, like even Mongo pointed out, they want those smaller, nice size, but smaller, uh, buds. Um, if you, know, you do bring in a giant but they don't butt, have to though, break they, up they do like that sometimes <laughs> they yeah. they think it's pretty looking yeah so oh you mean the big ones yes at oh. least that's what i've heard word of oh, mouth yeah. yeah um and then i, mean, I it's... yeah i've also heard that um that oh, i i've also heard that that is really truth in the matter too mm-hmm. that <laughs> The bigger the butt it looks, it, it it's prettier looking. They don't want the small nuglets. Those are yeah. I mean, know, if and if like ours, I like ours like to be big. Bottom of the bucket. Yeah, I mean ours. You know, the LSD and Master Kush turned out to be these large. Well, they're bigger than golf balls, but they're not like these smaller huge colas. Than, they're smaller than lemons. <laughs> yeah, bigger than golf balls. So maybe they might be the apple. size of lemons, even bigger, but not like an orange. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. We're comparing. <laughs> so look for that interview to come up on that for the Shadowbox. Yes, We're excited. And photos. I have lots of them. Yeah. Oh, just want to quickly mention too, that a Candyland that was phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Phenomenal. Uh, you mean a full uh, an greenhouse. entire greenhouse of Candyland. Yeah, which was a specific pheno that they had. I'm not sure exactly the detail if they had searched for it or created it themselves, yeah. but it was a Candyland that was gorgeous. Yes, it was. And seeing that much Candyland walking through it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, and the smell was beautiful. Smelled of fall, if you will. And we got to see their drying rooms, which was pretty cool. Anyways, we'll stop going into it. I know, because we're just, that's supposed to be on a different we episode. We just can't so, stop. <laughs> yeah, let's get into our supporters real quick. Remember, Vaporous, that's a pin we're used. It's great. Um, you know, remember, getvaporous.com is the website. You can check them all out there, all the pins, even hey, the cartridge. Time out. We didn't do a shout out to. To the guy that uh, recognized oh, us. Oh, thank you. Yes, thank we you. Have right to. off the intro. So shadow backs. <laughs> what, what is it? Uh, I count. I count. I count plants. Plants. Yeah. Yeah. I, I count that. plants. <clears throat> yes, that he so, is one of our listeners. Yeah, and he caught out. us when we were in there. Yes. And so we appreciate that. And Absolutely. So shout out to you, brother. You are. Let's make him our executive producer of the show. This yes. episode. Yeah. Yeah. There you go, man. Special status. So <laughs> we appreciate you listening. And uh, thanks, man, for coming up. You know, I was sidetracked talking to Donnie when he came up. And so you got a ch- Yeah, I got a chance to visit with him. So I'm disappointed, brother, that I didn't get the chance to talk to you. Well, I'm sure we'll get to meet him again and see him again. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Especially we we're going up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To record. So. But it's nice. He said you listened to us on the way to work. Yep. So it was nice to run into somebody just out of the blue mm-hmm. that, that, that we didn't have recognized. to force it yeah. upon. <laughs> Yeah, so we appreciate you, brother. Yes, and absolutely. That, that was out at Shadowbox, and yes, that is uh, I at I count plants. Yes, 
Yeah. Check him out on uh, Instagram. That's his handle, yeah. if you will. And um, more pictures of more pictures Shadowbox. Of, of Shadowbox. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And some great pictures. He's got yeah. some great ones. Oh, yeah. And you know what I did notice out there? I just have to say this one last thing is those workers out there looked sharp and legit. Like, you know, you can't say because these are all smokers. You know, they are. Or for the most part, they are. Maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe a couple don't, or maybe a couple don't do it very often. Right. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I would imagine that most of them probably do. And it sure didn't look like a, ro- a room full of what you'd think of as stoners. Not what I would think of as stoners, but the no, they look like the bad of concept workers. of, you know, oh, they're just potheads. They don't work. These guys were moving. Oh, yeah. They Constantly were moving. They went nonstop. And, and people looked like we were working like a team. There was not much talking going on. And, Mm-mm. you know, it was great. You know, Music, lots of just work. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there yeah. you go. Uh, good job, Johnny. And sorry. <laughs> sorry that I interrupted. Go on. <laughs> no, it's all good. No, I wanted to shout out to him. I really did because it was really cool. And so if you're listening to us on the way to work, uh-huh, there you go, hey. bud. Uh, so, yeah, let's get back to it. Vaporous. Remember, it's getvaporous.com uh, on the website. You get 25% off with code rooted at checkout. Yep. Uh, if you if you look at him, look at the J-Pro, JPen Pro. That's the one with very variable airflow. I can't talk. <laughs> the variable airflow. I like it. And so far, it's been the most sturdy one. We'll leave it mm-hmm. at that. But um, uh, yeah, it's 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 a good pin, like I said. So 25% yeah. off, code rooted. Uh, ancient herbs, remember, that's what's gotten me through this season. You know, my plants still look good. I've went through a heck of a mount, a heck of a lot of rain mm-hmm. uh, and wind. <clears throat> not as much as up north, but it's Thankfully, got me through. nothing that has knocked the plants around too much when it comes to the wind. Well, the netting, and we had it pulled up pretty good with yeah. the netting. Yeah, except for, <laughs> I don't know if you accidentally cut it when you were out there trimming something, but it's just straight up. It looked like it was ripped, one of them. Oh, for the, um, probably. I, sometimes I get... Front one on the left. Which one is that one? Well, it depends on how bad a big a limb I'm pulling out. If I'm pulling out a big limb and it's pretty knotted up with the netting, you know, I don't want to hurt the bud. Yeah, you so. probably just chopped that off, <laughs> and then the whole plant's just like, oh, <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, and then I had maybe. to really ghetto tie that up there. Like I took a piece of plastic and wrapped it around more plastic, and yeah, yeah. it it stayed up though. I had to tie it three <laughs> times in a circle, but it stayed up. Well, there you go. Yeah, so it's up whatever. Right, not hanging over like I a didn't want to cut it, but I was anxious. It's been poor weather out there. <laughs> Hate being out in the rain. Soggy. Anyway, Ancient Herbs, whatever. Ancient Herbs, that's ancientherbsinc.com. If you want to go there, you get 15% off with code organrooted at checkout. That's where the Formula One is and Formula Two. Mm-hmm. We, we've been using Formula One the last, what, two months? Yeah. The last whole end of the season. Yeah. Zero problems, no caterpillars. I mean, I actually did see like one, like maybe two little spots that looked like they could have been caterpillars. Mm-hmm. I guess it could have been mold, but it was really two small spots and that's it. Mm-hmm. But we've been spraying down with the Formula One. It's working good. No other problems. So None at all. See if you like it. And then, uh, of course, Peacemaker, peacemakergear.com. I hope their store's back up. I know, huh? I haven't been on there in a while. Either have I. So, but I know that we still use a peacemaker when we're not mm-hmm. using concentrate. Oh yeah. So even though the whole outdoor season is coming to an end, 
Yeah, well, I still basically like it it's pocket. our only smoker. Yeah, exactly. Well, I still, I mean, that's what we do. So We do have a glass one, but that thing's so clogged and I don't want to unclog well, it right actually, now. Actually, so. I, th- I think they're just harder to clean, too. They are. So, And then I have to clean it so often. Yep. And then if you're on the south part of the valley, check out Rogue Farmers. Mm-hmm. These, you know, these guys are two good places to go. Um, so, and then Applegate Soils, if you're on the north side of the valley yep. for your stuff, those guys are awesome. So on the main show, I know you, we have some new, art, uh, some Oregon, this week in Oregon Canon news, if you will, you have some articles. And then I had one I wanted to go over because we're coming up in November for the whole nation, essentially on the ballots. And there's a few States that are up for some changes. Mm-hmm. And I thought I'd just briefly go over those so people had an idea of what's going on. And a shout out to those states that are on that verge and to be able to get those people to get out and vote. We have our own issues here. Yep. Uh, one of them is that uh, is that um, the dispensaries, whether they're going to be allowed in town, and also if we're going to be able to grow in town. That's mm-hmm. city limits. And, yeah. you know, Jason Osborne, he's kind of fighting a portion of that with the medical portion. But there's also big changes that could happen in... November in terms of just like me and your situation. Yeah. You know, and so, which is scary. Yeah, it is. So what do you got there? We'll go through that. All right. Uh, my first one is man offers to trade pot for Craigslist snowmobile. Say. <laughs> Wait, now, before you go on with the story, this just reminds because it's funny that that's even a headline, but <laughs> hold on. Remember that one story, an episode or two ago where you were talking about the, uh, <laughs> the uh the guys that were the had the cannon or whatever that were shooting oh, yeah, the trucks. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe this is to do that too. No, you know what I was thinking about that? What? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh is you know, what if you're walking along the beach and you're just some dude living there, a tourist, you're walking along the beach and then poof, you just black <laughs> out and like you wake up <laughs> and there's like a kilo of cocaine busted <laughs> open on the ground. <laughs> You're like, oh. what the hell happened to me? <laughs> I got hit with flying cocaine. <laughs> so I had a cannon and blasted a kilo of cocaine at you. Oh, good God. <laughs> Smacked you in the head by accident. Oh, my God. <laughs> that just occurred to me. So uh, no, it, it, That's a stoner random moment. <laughs> oh, <I> just... <laughs> like I get hit by flying cocaine. Yep, yep. <laughs> Oh, you can't tell me that nothing crazier could happen. It could happen. I know. <laughs> and it'd probably be on YouTube, so. Exactly. Go ahead. My bad. All right. Note to fans of marijuana and snowmobiles. The two don't mix, and certainly not when you offer to trade the former for the latter. Jason Owen, 29 of Sandy. I thought you could trade weed, though. Apparently not wait, for wait, snowmobiles. Maybe it's not trade. Maybe it's you could just give. Yeah, he, I'm not sure about that wording. Maybe it's just give weed. Yeah, I'm not. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I guess that would be bartering, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, be careful. That's taking what you a do. payment for the weed. Okay. Okay. I see. I got gotcha. you. My okay. bad. Jason Owen, 29 of Sandy. Was, you should have gave him the weed, and he could have gave you the snowmobile. Okay. My bad. Are you gonna let me finish? I you <laughs> interrupted me in the same spot. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> was cited for possession and delivery of marijuana and driving with a suspended license Saturday after after he offered to buy a snowmobile off Craigslist in exchange for a pound of marijuana. 
How much do you think a pound of marijuana would cost compared to a snowmobile, though? Well, right now in Oregon, it's usually, believe it or not, it's gotten so low because of the the <clears throat> amount that, no, a dispensary gets them for about 1400 So, okay. But I think black market, you know, was probably a bit higher than that. Yeah. Or maybe not. Maybe black market hovers around there, too. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, anyway. I don't dabble in that. But they, right, Oregon State Police said the owner of the snowmobile happened to be an Oregon State trooper. <laughs> oh, well, and therein the problem lies. <laughs> the trooper agreed to meet Owen at a gas station in Brooks where Owen was cited and released after police found him in possession of 1.5 pounds of marijuana. Owen's vehicle was impounded. No shit. <laughs> the snowmobile or the actual? <laughs> yeah, it's like, what was he going to drive home on? Um, marijuana is legal in Oregon for people age 21 and older, but all buying and selling must be completed through an OLCC retailer or an Oregon Health Authority registered medical marijuana dispensary. There's your answer. Well, so like you said, the bartering or the whatever... Uh, you know, for trans, you know, payment. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not OLCC licensed. Do you own a dispensary, sir? It's a state cop. <laughs> well done, troopers. Well done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, my eyes are watering. I can't even see my show notes. You're funny. I've got, I, I've got a couple more before you take over. Okay, Oregon regulators appear open to tweaking some pot rules said Oregon police makers met with dozens of marijuana industry representatives Wednesday to figure out a possible response to testing delays that have kept edibles, concentrates, and extracts largely out of the state's new regulated market. And while they came up with no decisions, regulators seemed open to at least reconsidering the timeline for enforcing the rules and possibly requiring fewer tests of concentrates and extracts. But Stephen Marks, executive director of the Oregon Liquor Control Commission, made clear that any solution approved by the state would be short-term response to the distress of processors and that the state won't retreat from requirement that only state-accredited labs test marijuana for pesticides and potency. The marijuana industry has lobbied regulators to delay the... to delay the pesticide testing requirements, arguing that the lack of qualified labs has made it all but impossible to get their oils, topicals, and snacks onto top shelves. Top officials with Oregon Liquor Control Commission, the Oregon Health Authority, and government Governor Kate Brown, sorry, uh, points. Uh, Kate Brown's point man on marijuana policy spent a couple of hours hearing a list of complaints. Through at least one lab owner, she said, has plenty of room to take more customers. Producers and processors said their call to labs aren't returned. They complained of high test prices and long turnaround times, which we have also heard from local farms. Well, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And but, you know, it's also, too, there's both sides attitude because when we, you know, we have also talked to farms they are like, you know, we're just all for it. You know, we're going to pay it and go for it. Mm-hmm. So uh, it says the state has 18 approved labs. Only four are approved for pesticide testing. After more than yeah. a year of planning and rulemaking, the state has month be- this month began to roll out its recreational marijuana program. 
A comprehensive approach to pesticide testing is centerpiece of the state's approach, but the labs also must test products for potency. There's a lot more to this, so we'll just kind of skip around in it. It says, if the solution that the agency the agencies have agreed upon requires OHA to amend its testing rules, we will certainly do that, but we want to make sure we won't compromise the integrity of the laboratory testing process or compromise, most importantly, public health. Yeah. Awesome. That's that's great. They also argue that the pesticide testing require requirements is a general, in general, are overkill. Like that. I I don't know well, who I, I mean, agree with. I've heard both sides me of it. Me too. I've so heard. Yeah. I've. I, I, I yeah. can't really. But if we're going to want to have that kind of testing, it's going to cost. I doubt we're going to get around that. You know, it's. It's going to cost. Yeah. Unless you take away some things. Yeah. And here's here's some information. It says, state officials also heard from marijuana producers who object to a requirement that the test batches of every strain grown in the same room, arguing that is disincentive to grow multiple strains in a single space. Some ask the state to require that samples from each strain be combined into one sample that is then tested. So I'm guessing for pesticides? Yeah, I mean... So if one whole room is tested, then it should be fine. I can see what they're talking about when it comes to the pesticides. Yeah. Like potency, I understand that would be a different test compared to the pesticide test. Well, of course it would. Yeah, so I can understand where they're coming from on that part. <clears throat> yep. Yeah. But either way, it's still a changing... The big thing I hear is one thing it's, is now and everybody thinks they're following the rules. And then, you know, a month or two down the road, the rules have changed and it's the wrong way to do it. And so we'll see how this evolved as far yep. as the final rules. But we, you know, I don't know. We need to get something in place, though, because we got to be able to service all the cannabis that I've yep. seen myself. And some of the um, some of the medical farmers are refusing to go recreationals as of the moment because the fact that there are so many ever-changing rules. So it's like they don't want to be, they don't want to jump onto the bandwagon too early. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, so they want to, you know, get all the kinks worked out. Well, yeah, but probably a lot of them don't want to pay either. Yeah, exactly. It's expensive. It's expensive for the labs too. It's expensive trickling all the way down. It's expensive for the labs, expensive for the growers. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it's going to be expensive for the consumer, too, because there's going to be a lot of taxes. Yeah, being tacked on more and more. I mean, the smart cities, unlike Medford, unfortunately, I hate to say that, are all gung-ho for making the money. And then they all slap their old 3% on top of it. Mm -hmm. And people still buy the heck out of it. And yeah. they're making money out of that billion-dollar pile of cash that's sitting there for the state this year whereas medford acts like they want to be a part of the industry but they don't exactly. not be a part of it they want to make money on the industry but they don't want it to be where you can go down as a rec user or and grow it mm -hmm. so man it's tough that's which is what's on the ballot so go yeah ahead. yeah exactly yeah um marijuana oh. discovered in a 25 uh 2500 year old ancient tomb 
It said, unearthing the ancient uses of marijuana, exciting archaeological evidence has just revealed the way that cannabis was used in rituals more than 2,500 years ago. According to an archaeologist, whole marijuana plants formed part of a burial shroud used to funeral uh, used in funeral ceremonies in ancient China. Deep in the desert region of the Turpin Basin in northwest China, archaeologists unearthed a tomb containing a stash of marijuana plants estimated to be about 2,500 years old. The team found 13 fully grown, but at this point long dried out marijuana plants. Yeah. Remarkably, <laughs> the plants were intact and seemed to be woven together. Um, marijuana in ancient ceremonies. Yeah, and just, you know, there was another There's a picture. Yeah, and you just read, oh, my Lord. That's that looks a, like that, that some is. of that brown frown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that doesn't look so tasty. Uh, I got to send that pic to Jason. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Make brownies with these. <laughs> Archaeologists have long known that cannabis flowers and marijuana plants were used in various rituals and ceremonies in the ancient world. But the Chinese team discovered at first the use of the plant to make funeral garments for the dead. The baker's, uh, the baker's dozen of marijuana plants found by, Hong, by Hongin Jiang and his team from the University of the Chinese Academy of Sciences has been draped over the body of a man who died in his mid-30s, according to the scientists. The report published in the Journal of Experimental Botany describes plants with which were laid around and over the body, almost like a wreath or a shroud. The roots of the plant started around the man's navel, and the tips, which curiously had their flowers clipped, stopped at the man's face. Mm. So almost like it was growing out of his belly button. It probably smelled really good. I know, huh? It's like, <laughs> that's what I want to smell in death. <laughs> Wonder. See, here's the deal. They keep finding these things, and like sometimes they're female plants. So I'm wondering... Like, did they have it down with the sensimia, the whole seedless part? Right. Or, or did they find um, plants that had seeds? Obviously, they didn't find seeds, right? They would have said some. Yeah. But I'm always wondering yeah. when they do find these uh, female plants. I never thought about it, yeah. Like, they are they totally like, oh, man, they knew how to grow good weed, so to speak. Right. <laughs> or, or there's seeds they're hiding. They, like, got some... 1628 OG. <laughs> Wait, even longer ago before that. 2500 BC OG. Right. Uh, uh, it says cannabis likely played role in funeral rituals. The tombs excavated, excavated by Jiang and his team were located on the ancient trading route called the Silk Road, a major nexus of, of commerce and exchange. The area was inhabited by the Subiexi a pastoral people that traded with merchants along the Silk Road. While the funeral shroud made of marijuana plants was first of its kind discovery, it wasn't the only evidence of ritual marijuana use that the team, that the team uncovered. Several of the other tombs in the cemetery contained piles of marijuana seeds, stem fragments, marijuana leaves, and even marijuana fruits and flowers. The discovery has raised new questions about the role cannabis played in ancient cultures. Did the Subexi people grow the plants locally, or were they obtained from traveling merchants passing through the area? That's a good question. Did you grow this on your own? 
or <laughs> did you get it from passerbys? <laughs> well, and let me ask you this. Do you think that cannabis was part of that Silk Road? Right. I mean, were they trading cannabis? They had to have been. I mean, like yeah. for textile stuff like uh, hemp and, you know. Yeah. I mean, they had to have been, right? I'm thinking, though, that, well, come on, Chinese that are female plants, they'd be trading that stuff for medicine. Yeah, exactly. Um, the fact that the... The fact that the shroud contained whole plants suggested that the marijuana cultivation happened locally. There's our answer. Yeah. It obviously was grown locally. Maybe they shipped it out. Export. You were saying, yes. They probably had the best weed back then. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Did ancient cultures use cannabis for the psychoactive properties? Of course. The real debate, however, boils down to the questions of just what exactly ancient cultures used marijuana for. Hemp fibers and textiles as old as 6,000 and 7,000 years have been unearthed in Siberia and China, but hemp fibers hadn't been found in the Turpin Basin until the discovery of the funeral fabric. And archaeologists think that means cannabis was used for its psychoactive properties, in other words, People used it to get high. Um, back in 2006, a different team found a large cache of marijuana engraved dated in a grave dated to the same period. The lack of hemp fabrics could indicate, they argue, the people valued marijuana not as textile, but as a medicinal and ritual herb. Well, I mean, why wouldn't they have stumbled on it? You know, Indians and all these other... N- I don't want to say necessarily native people, but back then they didn't have pharmaceutical drugs. So all they had was the stuff around them, the earth. And you can't tell me that they didn't experiment. They must have smoked everything. Come on, peyote. Like, oh, look at that grass. Let's smoke that. Oh, that didn't work. Hey, let's smoke that. Yeah. And there's a perfect one. The Indians (laughs) found it. Let's smoke that. Oh, he died. Don't (laughs) Don't smoke that one. That one's a bad one. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> sorry. Do you want me to read my last one or do you want to read oh. yours and then I'll read my last one? Oh, uh, sure. I mean, I, it doesn't matter. I'll read mine real quick. You're probably tired of talking for a minute. Uh, so this is for the election 2016 in November. And I just wanted to go over quickly of the States and maybe like on California, I can, um, you know, talk kind of about the quick details because i know we got a lot you know our second biggest base listenership comes out of california so shout out to you guys thanks for listening um so let's just go into you know what states are voting on marijuana well this comes out of uh, the weed blog by the way so weed blog uh we'll start with you california shout out to you guys you guys probably got the the biggest one because here's the deal in california like right now medically you can go in and buy medical weed in a dispensary but if I was to go down to California and try to purchase rec weed, I can't. So I can't buy, you know, unless I have a California. I don't Medi- think they take Oregon. A California med- medical card. Yeah, you license. have to have a yeah, California medical card. Okay, so, but, you know, you cross that border right here and then you can go buy weed at any dispensary. Right. And so it's kind of almost... It's just almost ridiculous at this point that California hasn't stepped over to that wreck side. And I think a lot of people mm-hmm. want to do it. I don't know if the bill's right, but, you know, I mean, that's 
That's what's up. So California has a long history of voting on marijuana reform. We know that they were back in the game, I think even before us for sure. And then this is the biggest proposition is prop 64. A lot of people are talking about it and it uh, basically is the adult use of marijuana act is what it is. So it's possession of one ounce of marijuana flower, eight grams of concentrate, 21 and older cultivation up to six plants. That's pretty good for rec. Mm -hmm. Um, Industrial cultivation of hemp. That's good. Of course, they really need that probably. And then tax and regulated system. It says California's recreational marijuana law, is, marijuana law is intricate. It outlines marketing restrictions to minors, allows local tax rates, limitations on commercial marijuana operators to be in control of the counties and municipalities, and several other stipulations. So um, it does say it reduces, it has a system for reducing sentences and expunging. And tax resources are allocated toward environmental protection and remediation, youth substance abuse, medical marijuana research, and local governments. That's pretty cool mm-hmm. on the research part. Yeah. Um, and it's backed by a lot of big people, ACLU, NAACP, Drug Policy Alliance, Normal, um, and like mar- marijuana policy. Pro- anyway, there's, there's a lot of them there. So... We'll look to, you know, California as far as a statewide thing. Mm-hmm. We'll look to you guys and see what's going on. You guys get out there and vote on that. Yeah, I'm sure you probably want some wreck going on down there finally. Although that might be a big tax thing down there. California might tax the dickens out of them. Yeah, yeah. So Nevada's next. Nevada, we do have, <clears throat> excuse me, we have definitely a chunk of listeners out of Nevada um, Nevada votes on recreational marijuana legalization in November. Um, that's uh, the state passed medical marijuana in 2000. I didn't know that, specifically 2000. And then for residents 21 years and older. So uh, one ounce of marijuana, tax and regulated system for rec. Uh, the tax revenue would support kindergarten through 12 education. Nice. This is, that's what it says. That's it. Which is pretty cool. That's what we put it towards. That's it. (laughs) That's all it says here. (laughs) Um, It says, includes a clause that allows anyone who does live within 25 miles of a marijuana store to grow up to six. What? Okay. What? No, no. Listen. It includes a clause that allows anyone who does not live. Oh, does not live within 25 miles of a marijuana store. I see. You can't live next to the store. Y'all know you can just go buy it. But if you live... (laughs) If you live within outside, 25 miles, you can you can grow. Grow it. How many plants? Does that mean you're out of city limits then? How many plants? That that's tricky. Tricky Nevada. I see what you did there. I see what you did. Now what? How many plants? 6. Okay. You stop like sit I'm like okay, what's the rest? <laughs> yeah, but does not live within 25 miles of marijuana store. That's a long ways away. Shit, that would mean I'd have to live in Grants Pass to grow. Which means that there would be... Which would be further out because... Yeah, and then there'd be one out there, so then I'd have to be even further out than that. Yeah, that's... Man, I... Gosh, gosh, Nevada. So, and then Maine, of course. Uh, Maine aims to legalize recreational marijuana for residents 21 years and older... Uh, possession of two and a half ounces. Hmm. Maine. It's got worse weather. They don't. They, they need more weed. Okay. 
uh, cultivate possession, cultivation, and transportation of up to six flowering marijuana plants, 12 immature marijuana plants, and unlimited seedlings. Go Maine! Wow. That's the way it should be. Yeah. And possession of all the marijuana produced by the marijuana plants at the person's residence. Holy smokes. Oregon, wake your ass up. Maine's question one places the Department of Ag, Conservation, and Forestry to regulate and control the cultivation, manufacture, distribution, and sale of marijuana. Well, good job. So we'll check in with Maine and see how they're going to do. Right. Wow. That's That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Arizona. This is another one. Proposition 205. It'll be on the ballot for Arizona this November. Medical marijuana is already available. Uh, However, recreational marijuana still faces legal charges. So, 21 years and older, possession of one ounce of marijuana, taxed and regulated. Adults grow up to six plants. Uh, total limit is 12 per residence. That's pretty cool. So, each adult can grow six plants. Apparently. I guess hmm. a total of 12. Adults, to grow up to six marijuana plants in an enclosed locked space within their residences and possess the marijuana produced by those plants in the location where it was grown. Locked space. Hmm. Massachusetts, question four initiative. Regulate and tax marijuana, 21 and up, just like alcohol. Possession of one ounce of marijuana. Uh, possession of up to 10 ounces of marijuana in an enclosed locked space. Growing up to six marijuana plants in an enclosed locked space within residence. Uh, no more than 12. So similar, similar to uh, Arizona. And then, let's see. Yeah, Arizona. And then Florida. Florida's a big one because, man, a lot of people grow, especially inside Florida. And yeah. I know that when Colorado became illegal, there were a lot of Floridians went there. Mm-hmm. Florida will be voting on medical marijuana for the second election cycle in a row. Florida saw medical marijuana narrowly defeated 2% in 2014. Amendment 2 initiative legalizes and states... Medical use for individuals with debilitating medical conditions allows caregivers to assist patients' medical use and that the Department of Health shall register and regulate centers that produce and distribute marijuana for medical purposes. Arkansas. Arkansas has an interesting ballot when it comes to voting on the marijuana reform. There are two competing proposals, the Arkansas Medical Cannabis Act and the Arkansas Medical Marijuana Amendment. Issue six would make a repeal of the law impossible as it is a state constitution amendment it would legalize doctor approved medical cannabis treatments for patients let's see unfortunately this measure would place the program under the control of arkansas's alcoholic beverage control as well as a new medical marijuana commission issue seven also allows doctor approved medical cannabis treatment through nonprofit compassion centers it also allows patients to grow their own marijuana at home if they live too far away from a center you have to live 25 miles away Montana. Montana is voting to reinstate its medical marijuana laws through I-182. Medical marijuana was originally made legal in 2004. Hmm. However, legislative restrictions made the law nearly impossible to work. Go figure. Mm-hmm. So that's it. Go to Weed Blog if you want to see all that. And I just wanted to run that through real quick um, just to kind of get everybody an idea of the states that are out there going up against this. So yeah. all you states I talked about, all those states have listeners for us. And so yeah. you guys that are listening to this episode, guys, get out there. Help get your community out there, too, and vote so you guys can get get with the flow. Yep. Especially if we can get you growing. If we can get you growing, 
you guys can start producing your own medicine. Right. Get off the get off the marijuana grid legally. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. All right, I've got 10 things around your house that can safely that you can safely smoke with. Uh, we are in an age of information. We should uh, we should know better than to be smoking out of a pen caps and plastic bottles by now. The days of tinfoil covered Gatorade pipes <laughs> is over. Heating certain metals and plastics results in a release of potentially harmful gases. Instead, pot smokers should use one of these 10 things around the house that can safely you can safely smoke with. Number one is fruit. Not only are they healthy to eat, but the fruit is also safe to smoke out of. Just know it's disposable. It's disposable device, so you can't keep re you so you can't keep reusing it. The apple pipe is a classic. Just remove the stem, then dig a hole through the top of the apple to the core. Poke another small hole from the top to use a uh, to use as a mouthpiece. Finally, dig a hole from the side of the apple to the middle for a carb and your apple pipe is complete. Fill the top with weed, spark, and enjoy. <laughs> uh, the wooden hand pipe. Of course, pipe. most people, actually, some people do that all the time. Yep. They make all kinds of little cocktail fruit stuff, bong yeah. fruits. And... <laughs> um, I've seen a watermelon. I've also yep. heard of, um, oh, I forgot. There was one more that I wanted to try. Uh, an, an orange which I think that would be good. Um, I think it'd be awfully wet, though. <laughs> yeah. If you want a safe place to smoke a handpipe, we recommend using wood. Um, the reason being, the reason being, smoking out of wood is less harmful than smoking out of bottles and cans. Furthermore, wood is safer for, or sa- safer to smoke a bottle out of, or smoke out of. Sorry, from that, from then metal and plastic. Uh, the only healthier material could be glass and make your glass pipe with will require further tools and training. <laughs> I don't think that you should be trying to make a glass pipe on your own if you don't know what you're doing. Um, a carrot steamroller. Never heard of this one before. This one is simple. That for- must be a big carrot. <laughs> right? I thought steamrollers are pretty big. Yeah. Uh, it says this one is simple. First, poke a hole through the middle of the whole carrot. The bigger ends, uh, the bigger ends hole with will be your carb. Then carve a wide hole about half in, half an inch away from the larger end of the carrot. Place weed in the top hole. Put a finger on a carb while sparking and inhaling. Oh, that's a different one. A nut and bolt pipe. Have you ever done that? A nut and bolt. Oh, gosh, yes. I remember doing that back when I was like 19. Lowe's style, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It says... Um, Home Depot, Lowe's. Hit that one aisle, man. Yeah. Assemble it. If you've got a bunch of nuts and bolts laying around in your garage, you can try fitting them together to make a pipe. If you want to add on to your nut and bolt pipe, visit your local hardware store. Aha, uh-huh, see? <laughs> nuts and bolts are much cheaper than down stems and bowls. <laughs> steel door stopper. A st- what? A steel door stopper. Steel door. Oh wow! Oh, you mean like the little rubber thing that's yeah. boing, boing? Yeah, <laughs> the cats play with over and over yeah, and over again. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. I was thinking of the one on the wall. Yeah, I was there for a second too, and then I thought about it. Yeah, um, it says avoid pen caps and aluminum foil. 
when making a bowl piece for bongs. Can you say Alzheimer's? <laughs> right? <laughs> Look for metals or glass oh. instead. A steel door stopper will work just fine. Moreover, the closely wrapped coils are airtight. I never have seen one airtight. I'll tell you that much. Have you ever tested that out? Allegedly. No, but they're always, all the ones I've seen have been sprung out, but also I've seen a cat playing with them. So. Or kids pulling that stuff apart. Oh, yeah. I, I think London used to hang on it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's what they're made for. Um, a steel door stopper will work just fine. Moreover, the closely wrapped coils are airtight. Your door stopper should not be coated in chrome, brass, or copper because inhaling those substances can be harmful. If you have an old down stem and bowl, you can use that as well or buy a cheap one. Hmm. Once you have a safe bowl piece, you can just turn around about anything and or turn just about turn anything into a bong. I can see right now people that have just broken their pipes. They're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to break off my doorstop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have doorstops around here. We only have like the ones that stick into the ground. We don't have the boing ones. Yeah, no. Yeah. But And then the kids just have the pad on the back. So if you open the door too hard, it hits the pad. Yeah, and then use use your open your sink to use the screen. Right. Uh, I've actually had a couple of friends school. do that. That used that's, to make me so mad. Oh, that's so old school. Yeah. I always liked finding the ones, too, that had like two screens in them. So you could steal one and still have it in. Anyway. Right. Yeah. Uh, ice. Look at this. Nice. Yeah. Like who's going to have a block of ice laying around? Right. Uh, it says this one is pretty self-explanatory. It's a bong made with entirely of ice. And you can use household materials to mold it. There's one guide on how to make an ice bong. This has to be one of the safest ways thing uh, has to be one of the safest ways thing around your house to smoke with. Finally, the ice will cool your hits and decrease throat and lung irritation irritation. Recycled liquor bottles. <laughs> You'll need a drill and an empty liquor bottle for this one. Liquor bottles with larger bottoms make pretty great beaker bongs. Using a drill and a diamond coring bit. Oh yeah, because people just got that lying around. Drill a hole in a 45-degree well, angle. You better not be holding it with your hand. That's right. Just... <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, man. Somewhere towards the base of the bottle with a grommet or gum, you can insert your steel door stopper or alternative down stem and bowl piece. Fill, the water, fill with water until the down stem is, is submerged. Pack weed in bowl piece and spark and enjoy. Nice. A flower vase. What? Many flower vases have rounded bases, um, giving them a long bong-like appearance. Take advantage of this and drill a hole in the base for the down stem. Use a diamond coring bit, another thing you just got laying around, to drill the glass smoothly. Finally, slide the down stem in with a grommet or gum and your vase bong is ready to use. A mason jar. <laughs> vase bong. Mm-hmm. Don't touch my base bong. Yeah. Uh, a, a mason jar. Now, I we used to do that when I was young, too. Not with the glass coming out of that, but we used to take a a mason jar. Or, like, you know what was even better was a marshmallow jar. Because hmm. that was, like, a medium size. Yeah. And then you drill holes in the top of the can like that. Hmm. Back then, I was, you know, I'm an old man. So, back then, we didn't have glass like that yet. We were using, like, brass and steel and shit. Yeah. 
Uh, it says if you have a mason jar, you can't turn it into you can turn it into a bubbler. Poke two holes into the lid, one for the downstem and bowl, the other for a mouthpiece. You can use just about anything for the mouthpiece because the smoke will be cooled by water before it hits you. Uh, a hot knife. For those desperate situations, a safe way to consume marijuana is with a hot knife. First, you place some weed on top of the flat knife blade, then run the lighter up and down the underside of the knife, knife until marijuana begins to vaporize. Be ready to inhale the smoke that starts to rise. Yeah, as you and, catch it on fire. Right. No, and a knife fits better if you just do it the old school with your little burners. Well, thank you, Lady Sativa. I know you are tired and worn out from the whole week, so we appreciate it. Yes, I would have to agree with that. Yeah, so we're we're not going to do any kind of uh, special guest for this one because we've been told or been had more feedback that we need to have more grow talk. So my problem with that, and I don't, I love talking grow talk, so I need to find out how to balance like advanced stuff, pro mm-hmm. stuff with beginner stuff. Yeah, because we got all those kinds of people out there, and I want to cater to all that. So you know, we kind of talked about our grow. Um, a little bit so a little yeah i know what we have and i did today too i did want to shout out real quick to all the what we use this year we used a a few products but i wanted to give one last shout out to the products that we used on our plants um i think we got a pretty good product compared to last year even i mean Mm -hmm. but we used fox fox farm we used fox farm last year straight across the board so i used the grow big and the uh, whatever the bloom is, I think it's just bloom. Yeah. And then I use the expensive, saltier stuff at the end, that beastie buds. And oh, right, right. The bottles, right? All that other right? stuff, yeah. Now, granted, I had huge, not huge, but they were big plants and uh, big buds. But they were just kind of just not really that impressive. Yeah. It was cheese quick. This year. So this year we used four nutrients. We started out with down to earth. And mm-hmm. we switched over to Nectar for the Gods about halfway through. And we've been using Beneficials. Now we've been using Orca, which is our base. Uh, excuse me. It's our uh, base Beneficial. Yeah. So the Orca is just for straight up, like the mycor- Mycorrhizae, excuse me. And the Mycorrhizae. Tri- Mycorrhizae. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the, the Fungi and the um, Trichoderma. And up until recently, it's been hard to kind of find products that use trichoderma. I like trichoderma. Bottom line, it's a pretty aggressive bacteria that breaks down the food, the Mm -hmm. organics, okay? So, but Orca has it, and I like it. The roots, I'm going to take pictures of these roots. These roots are going to be freaking amazing. I can't wait to see them. (laughs) So, and then we also used um, Mammoth Pea for the end for all bloom yep and i love mammoth pea i think it really made a big difference uh at least what they claim so uh, i you know again some of these beneficials are a little bit expensive but they they don't you don't have to use a lot at all and as long as you're inoculating properly they they're amazing i think that's the future is the beneficials so Mm -hmm. mammoth pea Shout out to Colin and that crew out there. Those guys are awesome. And we do have some samples to get away for for our listeners on that. Same with Orca as well, too. We got some Orca and some Great White. Mm-hmm. And actually, we got some gear to yep. give away, too, that we need to do that. A lot of stuff. And we also used um, 
let's see what else do we use lady sativa we used uh um, oh, SLF 100, Yep, which is our enzyme. That's our base enzyme. A lot of people like using enzymes, and there's a lot of good enzymes out there, but SLF 100 is awesome. You can use it for a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. So I've seen people using it for like, like we used it for, remember when we had that pH problem? I yeah. used SLF and did a, uh, a flush with it. Yeah, and man, I remember it that. And kicked them right was... back out. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Not after they got a little, they did get a little traumatized. Well, that's how I found out there was an yeah. issue going on. Yeah. So, <laughs> You're so hard on me. Well, I have to be. Who's going to be if if I'm not? So, <laughs> just teasing. Yeah, and we did. You know, I did throw in a couple other other things. Like I threw in some Photosynth Plus by Micro uh, Microblife, and then I also threw in some testing product that Newton Hayes from SLF was kind enough to send us. That was that nitrogen fixing bacteria. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, that's kind of what we used, uh, through the whole growth cycle. And you know, it was, it did turn out to be, uh, a better product. Mm -hmm. You know, it really did. Um, looked better than last year compared to. Yeah, I think so. We'll see after but size, not yeah. so much size, but I, I have heard, you know, from quite a few different people that it's not always about the size of the plant because the taller, the plant, the bigger, the plant, the wispier. Yeah, it I mean, is, it can, and yeah. the less love there is in the bud. Well, and I think there's some truth to that. And I also think it also helps with certain things. Like, generally, you see more problems with the huge colas, like whether it be mold or mildew mm -hmm. or Stuff rot, hiding in it, yeah. Uh, caterpillars. It's yep. harder to find them. They're buried in the, the deep parts. So they just can run into more problems, too. Now, I'm not discounting them. I love growing the big buds. Mm -hmm. But I'm certainly fine with the smaller, nicer... Nice buds. Yeah. So, um, and then that brings me to one other thing I want to talk about for grow is that since we're at the end of the year, you know, we're for outdoor and we'll go into indoor talk soon. Basically, I've seen people how they're not talking about like half the people I see out there are not, they're drying, but mm -hmm. not curing. Yeah. I got to even hear people talking about curing. You have to cure. <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I didn't know what curing was at some point. It was funny because I was just thinking about it today that I had no idea what curing was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that you had to cure your weed. I thought you just dried it and then you could smoke it. Well, and it seems like the half that I see out there are thinking that. Like they're selling. It tastes like celery. What's that? It tastes like celery when you do that. Well, it just. Especially if it's outdoor. Gotta, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. If you're a beginner, here's the deal. It, drying is different than curing. Yes. Okay. Drying is your six to nine, ten day process where you've hung your plant hopefully and properly and you've maybe maybe taken off the fan leaves. That's up to some people. Some people just hang the whole plant. Yep. I take off the fan leaves. We take off the fan yep. leaves and hang it and in arms and big branches and we we let it actually dry for like six to ten days, depending on your temps. Try to keep yep. it about a fifty percent humidity if you can. Okay, in, in the lower temp range, like in the low 70s, maybe 75 and a little bit lower. Uh, and, you know, I've, I've, we've cured, not cured, we've dried though in lower temperatures, like in the 40s and 50s last yeah, year. Yeah, in the shed. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, watch your temps, watch your humidity and do the whole dry. And you'll notice when it's done, there's a lot of different ways to tell. It really helps if you just have experience. But basically, if you're, 
smaller branches, when you bend them, if they crack and kind of break, they don't have to break apart, mm -hmm. but they're going to crack a little bit. Um, so they've dried to the point where they don't just bend, they actually crack and, and form a break of some sort. Almost break off, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's one indication. At that point, you can also take one of the buds off, um, some of the smaller buds, cut that up, and if you can light it, but it doesn't stay lit, but you can get it lit, mm -hmm. that's another good indication, too. The, the, the idea is that you want to get it to the point of dry to where you can stick into a jar, which is the standard way. A lot of people use jars and burp them. Right. But now a lot of people are using food-grade plastic, tubs, uh, bins, um, containers, blah, 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 which work good. Mm -hmm. um, so you can use some sort of like food-grade <clears throat> tub and put them in there at that point. And then that becomes the cure process where you burp them every day. Yep, and turn them. Gently turn the, the bud inside. Um, now, when here's here's where I actually we actually do the trim is between the stage of dry. Once it's dry and we're going to put it in the bins, then you finish trimming. Yes. Okay, take everything you want off. And then So do you do that before you put it into the bins, the final curing bins? Um yeah, right? Yes. Yeah, you, like right right before. Yeah, correct? and then you put it in okay. the bins and then that's where you start curing. So you yeah. don't you're not going to trim after that. Okay. And then you cure for like it could be 2 weeks, a month. But you have to make sure to burp them every day. Burp them and turn every day. That prevents mold. And if it's dry to the point where it should be, you won't get mold. That's the that's the magic point. Yeah. Dry yeah. enough to where it won't mold, but not too dry to where you don't have a little moisture left to slowly leach out. Yeah. Which takes out that chlorophyll and really develops that terpene profile and the uh, the the smells. Mm -hmm. As you know, I mean, Jaybird smells. Those come oh. out with that curing. Yes. And he's even said it. He's like, this doesn't smell like it's going to give it four more days. Right. So, you know, there, there's definitely a drying and curing. If you're a newbie, there you go. Be aware of that. And, and you've got to do to it. Cure. Do not have, you have to have patience. Do the like, proper method. We could be deep. Like right now we are deep in October and I'm still, it's, it's a ways away before we're, still we're touching pushing it. it. We're still, we're we are, but it's a ways away. We still got to dry. We still got to cure. Oh yeah. So it's oh, going to yeah. be Christmas. When it comes to smoking it. Yeah. It's so you don't get anxious just because it's drying does not mean you're almost there. Right. It really doesn't. It well, you're a whole you're, lot closer than when it was on the plant. Let's oh, just say that you're about halfway there. <laughs> but here's the most important part. You know, you've done everything else hopefully right. Here's the most important part to make it really that dank weed. I just had to say that. So uh, that's <laughs> that's part of my grow. And that covers kind of both amateur and professional. I mean, right. the professionals have it down. The professionals, what they do is they have their environment dialed. Their environment is dialed. It's yeah. nailed. Yeah. Like you can look at it and it does not fluctuate at all. Mm -hmm. And then they've got, you know, air circulation without having direct fan blowing on your bud you want circulation just not direct blowing yeah. of the, the yeah exactly plants. so if that's all nailed i mean you've got it so and then have you ever heard i'm just going to figure i'm going to stop here with um an advanced little technique have you ever heard about feminized seeds no never okay yeah, i have have you? I was trying to make it all suspenseful and act like i haven't oh well no you haven't no, okay now i can I explain please it please tell me okay so you've got like you got two a couple of different kinds of seeds. You've got autoflowers, which will flower 
like after 20 days or so, and that's it. That's doesn't matter the light cycles. And then you've got feminized seeds, which are seeds that are uh, treated a certain way so that the seeds that you have are all females. Mm-hmm. So you're not really pulling males. Right. Right? Right. Okay. So Got how it. do you do that? Do you know how, how to do that? No. Tell me how. Okay. So a feminized, uh, how do you get a feminized seed? Let me summarize it real quick. Basically, you take two female plants. Mm-hmm. Instead of a male and a female, you take two females and you... Breed them. Well, yeah. You you take you take the pollen from a female... Make them lesbians. Exact, kinda. Except <laughs> lesbians that can impregnate each other. Yeah. So it's the new world lesbians. <laughs> it's basically two female plants being bred together, like you said. So uh, how do you get there? Well, I'll make it, I'll, I'll just summarize that too as well. Basically, you take a feminine, you know, a plant that's just sh- first showing its feminine traits, its mm-hmm. female traits, and you treat it with essentially, there's two ways you can do it. You can induce it yourself chemically. Mm-hmm. Of course, it has to be a chemical, right? Or you can do it where it's rotalization is what they call it. But essentially, you know what a herm is? A hermy, hermaphrodite? Hermaphrodite. Yeah. Well, that happens in cannabis. Mm-hmm. You'll have an all-female plant, and at some point in the grow, all of a sudden it sprouts flowers. Not flowers. <laughs> that's the wrong word. Little pods, little seeds. balls, bananas. Mm-hmm. And not seeds. This is the pollen. And so... Uh, you can take that plant that pollinates itself, and that is technically a feminized seed in the sense that it should put out feminized plants, except that because it came from a herm, you're going to have a high rate of herms in the future. Right, right. Which is pointless. So it's almost like breeding herms. So, it's, yeah, instead of breeding males, you have a, a higher incidence of herms. So it's not recommended, but you can induce it. So can you get a man from that? I mean, get a male from that? That might, so if you breed a herm, a herm with like male, a, female, a female, what would you by chance maybe, you know, there's a 50-50% chance when you're having a baby. <laughs> that well, true with the herms, herm? herms can come from any any offspring. So you can have two a male and a female and produce a seed that it comes out as a herm. But you're going to have higher incidence of herms if you actually take a feminized seed from a hermaphrodite. Okay, okay. <laughs> I get it. Does that make sense? Yes. I believe that's how that works. So, or inducing it chemically, there's two ways. uh, And this is, I guess, the professional way, so to speak, chemically. And that's substances, colloidal silver. Have you ever heard of that stuff? You know what that is? No. Colloidal silver is what people take. And if you take too much of it, you turn purple. Oh. Or blue, maybe. You've seen that guy at the gym? Yeah, yeah. That could be colloidal silver. Maybe. Because, you know, it kind of goes back and forth. Anyway, you can also use something what's called gibberellic acid hmm. but i don't know much about that so i'm not going to go into that the the way that's most common is the colloidal silver now you can pick that up at health food stores hmm. right and see if you can get 30 ppm 30 ppms or higher so you can buy it at the health food store the other option is you can make it if uh, actually there's kits you have there's like kits you can buy if you want to buy a kit to, to make set your you up, colloidal silver. To make your own colloidal silver. They're a little expensive for the most part, though. Because really, you can do it yourself. And I can tell you how to do that. Coming from engineering background, this is a little trick to do this kind of work. And then what you can do is take a 9-volt battery, go down to Radio Shack or a similar type of store that has like electronic parts, or order yourself a little connector for that 9-volt battery. Mm-hmm. It goes on top, just like you would you'd see in like a little 
radio that connects to the nine volt. Mm-hmm. Then it'll have a black and red wire coming out. We'll connect those to alligator clips, connect those alligator clips to either pure silver string or wire, which is easier to find like at craft stores and stuff or, yeah. or you can use pure silver coins, that kind of thing, but it's probably hard to find the coins. Mm-hmm. So you find the wire, the pure silver wire, you, you get yourself a chunk of that, put a piece on both out of alligator clips, put that in distilled water and let that sit overnight. Hmm. And that solution, like a gallon or whatever, and that solution will be your colloidal silver. Hmm. Okay? That's cheap and easy and simple. So you can use that. And what you do is you, what happens is you have your known female. uh, The first three three to four weeks of flowering, uh, you'll want to um, spray those sites that where the flowers would come out. Mm -hmm. You know, where the leaf meets the branch. Yeah. Okay. So you want to spray those sites that you want to turn into bananas, if you will, males. So spray those bud sites of the known female uh, during those first three to four weeks of the flowering stage. And here's the deal. It's only going to come out where you treat it. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, you can save other spots to keep your female buds coming. But you got to be really careful because you don't, you do not want to consume that at all, especially con- so smoking it's, it. It's a toxin. Essentially, if you smoke it like that, it's it's unsafe. You don't want to smoke. Um, so if you're getting this done, so lab if you can make it, why is this is bad news? And you can you, you when you apply it, if you're going to spray it, that overspray, whatever it gets on, don't smoke it. So you either got to keep it really controlled, so you know that your your female parts that come are going to be not tainted or just consider that whole plant tainted then. So you don't have to be careful. Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't even know why this is even an idea for people when this is, you know, all the pesticides and everything is such an issue anymore. Well, something that's almost like a chemical putting on your plant is what it seems like. Well, it is a chemical. Yeah. But here's the deal. Well, it's, you can buy it in a health food store. You can't take it as a healthful medicine if you take it in very small doses. But the difference between a healthful medicine, you know, and a poison could be the smoking it. You don't yeah. want to do that because that changes into other chemicals. Mm-hmm. But here's the deal. Like I said, you could take that whole plant and just say, okay, this plant's burnt. You know, this is the one I'm going to use for my colloidal silver. I'm going to turn male. Right. And then just don't do anything on that and you're fine. Now, what happens though is when it produces those sacks, you collect those things, right? Mm-hmm. And then you let them dry for a couple weeks. You harvest them. Okay. And you, you harvest them when they start to open. Some might be just starting to crack. Take those. And you can put them in, um, I don't know, it's just to collect them and put them in a bag or like a, a Ziploc open and let them dry. And then do that for a couple of weeks or for a week. And then you should be able to shake it around and see that pollen come out. Mm-hmm. Now, you can apply that pollen now to the next female, right? So mm-hmm. you can apply that pollen to the next female and those seeds that you get from that generation are going to be all female seeds hmm. and they're not going to be poisonous or not. Yeah. Yeah. All that's been long gone. Not herms. And not herms. Nice. They claim like 99.99% or 9%, 99.9% females or whatever. Yeah. But that's yeah. when you buy feminized seeds. That's what you're buying. Mm-hmm. And so this is how they get there and you can do it yourself. It's kind of a first step into breeding. I, I would say, because it's not a hard thing to do. Yeah, I got it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. You know, it's 
I don't know. That does that sound advanced or does that sound beginner? It's probably advanced. Advanced. Yeah. And so, you know, if you want you know, one of the best ways is a mister. You can do these little hand misters. Mm, yeah. Yep, got it. Listeners can't see what I'm doing. No, but I got it. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of just a quick rundown. You can actually uh, go to growweedeasy.com and you can look it up there. Well, we'll post it. Yeah, we'll post a link. We'll tag it. Or but you can go it. there and re- read the whole the whole section there if you want to and it gives right. full ideas and videos and stuff. But, uh, I mean, that's essentially how you do it. Hmm. It's pretty simple. Nice. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty much it. We talked um, some grow. We talked about a few different areas. Mm-hmm. Gave our shout out to I Count Plants. Yep. Yes. That <laughs> so was awesome. Thanks. And we had some funny news articles. So we appreciate it. We're Absolutely. Gonna, yeah. And we're going to limit this show. Uh, I know some of ours run quite long. Yes. But and I am so fading and I apologize. I see for that. that. I see that. So hopefully <laughs> the listeners really understand. I'm really trying not to. <laughs> well, maybe they'll appreciate a short show. They'll be like, oh, thank you. you know, yeah. Because I don't think next week is going to be a short show. Probably not. If we no, I, I hope not because you know what? All the information that he had to talk to us about, I really wish we would have had it going the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Well, I appreciate you hanging in there today. I know, like I said, you've had a rough and you got some other issues going on that's making you awfully tired too. So we appreciate Lucifer. <laughs> I'm making it. Okay. All right. Well, so we will talk to you next week. I do have a couple ideas for some extra. Um, some extra content for an extra show or two. So we'll talk about that. But until then, we will talk to you next week or sooner. Absolutely. And we appreciate you guys. We appreciate the listeners. Organ love. Organ love. Organ love.